Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a nice little chance to put your feet up over the break. Had a good little Christmas, good New Year, all that good stuff. Bringing you an interview to kickstart the uh, the 2022 campaign over here at Pop Culture. This one's coming out of the archives from a couple of years ago. I caught up with uh, AFL star, or former AFL star. His name is Dennis Armfield. He was a Carlton football player. Uh, I think he played like 147 games. And uh, really interesting story. His origins was in rugby. People found out he had pretty good speed, pretty good strength. Uh, developed some pretty nice ball skills as well, which uh, saw him getting picked up by my favourite football team. As much as that hurts me to say, even since the time this interview was recorded, it's been a tough couple of years. Nonetheless, it was a, a great, great conversation with a bloke to hear about the highs and lows of elite sport. And uh, beyond that, I wanted to find out what life beyond elite sport was like. So I picked his brains around that. Uh, really good conversation. Got my brother-in-law behind the camera, so we uh, have a little bit of a chat to him at the end as well. So if you can hear that extra voice in the background, that's, uh, that's Sammy Blackmore. If uh, uh, that part didn't quite make the audio version, you want to see it, or you just prefer to watch the podcast, this one is now up on uh, the YouTube channel. So just type in Tyson Popplestone. It'll take you there. It was the most recent upload uh, as of today, which is, what's that, January 7th. Anyway, hey, I'll get out of your way. Enjoy this conversation with myself and former AFL footballer, Dennis Armfield. So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. All right, we'll jump straight into it. Yeah, no worries. Mate, thanks for coming on. Excited to uh, have a little bit of a chance to sit down and and chat with you. I'm, I'm interested, just to, to kickstart the conversation, what uh, originally sort of got me interested in, in having a chat to you is is the fact that sport is obviously such a, it's a hot topic on, on so many people's lips around Australia, especially here in Melbourne, almost yep. the hub of sport. Um, and, and one of the things I've heard time and time again is, yeah, it's beautiful to play the big game. It's beautiful <laughs> to play in front of a big audience. But then when the camera's off, when the game's done, when you get home, you're trying to figure out what comes next. It's a, it's a difficult transition to make. Yep. And, and what I like about yourself is, I'm a little bit biased as well as a Carlton supporter. Sorry. Is, yes. <laughs> it's been a brutal couple of years. We'll get into that later. We'll warm up first. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> Let me prepare. Um, is, is the fact that you've opened the conversation. And I think as, a, as, a, as an athlete myself or a former athlete, mm-hmm. it's just a conversation that hasn't been had. I'd love to just hear a bit about your journey into getting this conversation started because it's obviously a, a subject that's close to home. Yeah, look, um, playing at the top has its pros and cons, as you obviously st- um, stated. But I think um, the, the hard thing for me is um, it's becoming such a, a business in itself, sport these days, as you said. And um, you come in as an athlete, a young kid that sort of, you know, yeah, plays sport. Yeah, he's pretty dedicated and gives up a lot throughout his, his junior days to, to chase his dream. And then you finally make it. And then all of a sudden you realise you're at the bottom of the the barrel again and you've got to got to make your way back up and um you're competing against what is such a competitive environment yeah. um you know you've got 44 blokes competing for 22 spots yeah. and not only that you've probably got thousands and thousands of people competing for the you know what is what 800 spots on an afl list mm-hmm. um but when you make it to the top and you know you i was sort of one that was never really secure in his spot I always had to fight for my position uh, being a fringe player which you know that's no disrespect but um, but then when it's all over you sort of go wow welcome to reality and then it just sort of struck me and I was like um, since the age of um, oh I don't know 
eight, I was always known as Dennis the sports person. You know, yeah. whatever it was, footy, school footy, um, rugby, badminton with mates, you're always known as the sports person. Then all of a sudden you've uh, announced your retirement. It's like, what's my, what is my identity? What yeah. do I identify as now? Um, and it sort of took you a while to sort of realise that, yeah, there's more to, more to a person than just that, that brand. You know, you're looking at, we live in a world now where everything's about a title. Everyone wants that business card that says something that gives them a hierarchy in, a, in, in an environment. But I, I sort of started to realise that, yeah, transitioning is a tough thing. Um, some work very hard at it during their career and, and yeah. transition smoothly. Some work very hard at it and then transition rough and, yeah. and everything in between. But, um, yeah, I just sort of thought it's time as, as athletes too, though, we change our ways and, and, and look for a... Understand that you know your sport is your job for a lot, and but there's so much more out there than just sport. Yeah, because I think as you mentioned, the the young kids and the the team that you are fighting to actually be a part of. I yep. think from the outside, so often sitting in the audience, you just assume, oh, what a great job! Like you just come up here, play footy each week, pretty cruisy, make some money, massive yeah. audience, people know your name. Um, but but as you said, like uh, if you're in a position where you're one of a fringe players who's who's you know trying to keep their name or trying to keep mm. their feet. In that side for a week, it could be a stressful, stressful kind of role. Was that something that you found difficult when you when you were playing at the top level, just to uh, you know constantly questioning what the next couple of months looks like in terms of how many games you played and <laughs> what contracts and stuff look like? Week, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, it was one of those things. I, I found the AFL environment very stressful. Yeah. Um, you know, money. You get tarnished with the brush that you're rich. Um, yet, a lot of us aren't. Um, the AFL average wage doesn't include anyone that doesn't play a game and doesn't didn't include rookies when they were on the list. So, you know, that brings it right back down and you've got a minority that bump it up and I think, you know, the money's well due and, and good luck to them, you know. Um, but you're suddenly in a 24-7 job. You've got to watch everything you do, how you speak, how you act, how you are, walking down a street, you know, being in a place like this, you know, you get looked at. Um, and not only that, then the... Oh increase in social media towards the latter half of my career and what people call you behind a computer screen and um, you go out there and you go you know what I gave it my all and sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes it does but you know you, you, you know there's been games where I've had very bad games but I've had a crack and I've tried and you know you go home and you hear this you hear that you see that you read this and you know for me it was just important that I had great mentors um, mm-hmm. I've got a great wife um, you know, good mates and close teammates as well that I could talk to, um, because otherwise I could I can quite easily see the stresses how you could beat yourself up. And if you if you don't have an outlet, if you don't have people to talk to, um, you don't have those things that drag you away from the sport. I, I was studying podiatry for at my time during football. Um, if you don't have those, you know, I love me golf. Um, if you didn't have these things that sort of dragged you away, for me anyway, it would have. Uh, yeah, been a very tough run, I reckon. A little bit of a pressure valve just to, to let go of on the outside once you've uh, once you leave yeah. that ground. Yeah. Eh? Oh, look, man, I remember nights where you know you finish a game and you're staying up till four o'clock, just thinking, thinking, thinking. You got to be at the club at seven o'clock the next day or eight o'clock the next day, and you just can't shut off. And you know, there's been days, mate, where you know, let's be honest, I think it was 2010. I cost us a semi-final against Sydney, where I went to play on and got tackled and. You know, people always remember you as that, and you sort of sit there and go, that one moment sort of tarnishes you, you know what I mean, in a way. And um, and you sort of sit there and 
you know, think about it, dwell on it. Semi-final, we were good back then, you know, um, what could have been. And you sort of sit there and you go, oh, you, you know, there's, it's not just that one moment that loses a game and, you know, you do hear that, but then you also sit there and go, well, that was the one moment that cost us a game. <laughs> so, you know, and then you hear people and what they say. and um, But then I like to think that my attitude, my community work, my ability to give back to people um, you know with my philosophy to live to give um, and help others I think that sort of gave me the brand that I received at Carlton Footy Club. Yeah and I can imagine like being a, a, in an elite sporting environment like that and dealing with this constant pressure I guess like do you feel you're constantly being critiqued as a, as a footballer rather than as a whole person and your motto live to give I can understand it's probably something that's come out of being refined by fire and it's easy to look back now yeah, and maybe speak definitely. about I read your ebook and some of the insights that were coming out of that I was like hey, this is a bloke who's who's been through been through the ring a little bit in terms of what he's had to deal with yeah. um, the pressures of elite sport and it's something that um, I'm excited to chat you a little more about it because I think when you speak about elite sport that that subject of mental health though it's starting to come up a little more now definitely um, or the pressures that go along with with elite sport it's just not something that's really talked about and I don't know someone in your position who's got the opportunity you're finally playing at the level that you dreamed of playing at since you were a young kid was there any pressure to feel as though you had to act in a way to show hey like yeah my life is in order my life is together because I know a social media feed says a whole nother story to what real life might say that's just a big show isn't it really so um, pressures to act a certain way I've always been that I am who I am um, I act the way I'm a big believer that you know you treat those well you'll get what you'll get treated well um, you know I'm, I'm of a believer of like we're only as strong as our weakest link I've always got I remember a coach telling me that when I was a young kid and my coach was actually my father um, <laughs> and I just remember sort of saying well you know how can I live in a manner that helps the weakest links you know yeah. and, and raises them up so then our weakest link isn't as low um, but I sort of sat there and, yeah, you, you've got to say certain things, do certain things, be a certain way. Um, you know, I remember one year getting having long dreadlocks at Carlton Footy Club and they lasted three weeks. Um, they cost me $1,300 to, to last three weeks and, and got told, you know, that's not the way we look around here. You know, that's not our way. That's not who we are. And I sort of struggled for a little bit there because I was like the angst of like, we're all individuals yeah. who tells me how I have to live my life as long, as long as I'm respectful of others and you know I don't harm or do anything wrong or ill will to anyone else I think well why can't I live the way I want to live that's what makes this world a great place and mm. you know when you're getting pushed into a you know the old cliche you're out you talk to a nice lady when you're younger you get tarnished as a footballer you know yeah. you and for minority you know and it happens in the whole of world um but I just sort of sit there and go, you know, like, why can't I just be me? And, and But that's the pros and cons of footy and sport. You know, you've got to put on a show, I guess, both on and off the field. And, um, yeah, you know, you do that for 10 years, you know, for myself, for instance. When it does end, you sort of go, wow, what what now? You know, like, mm. how, who, when, why? Um, and, and, the, and the routine, like, obviously, you spoke about the e-book, but, you know, we're very fortunate in elite sports you know that you get a lot given to you you know your medicals looked after you've yeah. got doctors you know I still remember having players asking me how to book a doctor's appointment once they leave footy because they've never had to do it yeah. you know and you sort of sit there and you go like yeah you take a lot for granted too like there's a lot of perks in the industry and you know you speak about the mental health now they're starting to you know welfare coaches and all of that now in footy clubs and you know we're very lucky but you, you also have the tough times as well that 
you can't speak about. Um, the biggest one for me to sum it all up is you're in an environment where you have to put on this shield of armour, be tough. You're out there, you know, they say the footy's like war, you know, you're, you're battling every week. You know, you're battling against 44 blokes for a position, then you're battling 22 opposition that are out to get you that week. And you get told, like, I've got to show strength. You know, you might be slightly sore, but you've you got to push on. And then when you leave the game, you get told, all right, open up and come and tell us everything and all your issues. And it's yeah. like... It's so chalk and cheese, and yeah. that was what I probably battled with the most. Because, yeah, I'm sort of at that ilk where it's like, push on, you'll be right. It's only yeah. a little soreness, or you know, you know, it's a little bit of sadness, and push on. But as I've grown up and matured a little bit more in the in the brain, and you sort of realise, yeah, you know, sometimes you sort of think, what if I did speak earlier? Where could I have been? You know, instead of 145, I could be 245. I don't know. Um, I could have been less. I don't know. Um, but you sort of sit there and you just sort of go, you know, I think in life it's crucial to have those people around you, but it's also crucial to understand your journey and be able to um, stop and reflect on where you are each day and where you're at in in your ecosystem, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think one thing I love about a bloke like you and what you're doing mm. at the moment is is footy on the outside at least it's such a it's a masculine sport the idea of speaking about your insecurities though i know to some degree when you form the close relationships in a footy club i've been there yeah um the, the opportunity to speak about it it's it's possible mm. but it's still something you want to have a bloody close relationship before you open up about because i know there's that there's that certain expectation that you you know you're a man you got to get your emotions yeah, under control yeah. and as you say it's a it's a definition of a, a brutal it's a man sport you're yeah. out there at war um the idea of showing too much emotions not something and that is talked about a lot. But one thing I, I loved, just uh, standing on the boundaries, watching you guys at Park Orchards a couple of weeks ago, was as soon as you found out you're in the finals, I saw tears running down your yeah, face. So I thought, you yeah. know what, that is a, it's a bloody nice thing to be able to do. And I heard a couple of girls as you ran past go, oh, I love Dennis. And I, yeah, thought, I think I love that. Dennis now too. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, um, is that something that you've had to work on, being open with, with how you're feeling emotionally? Or is that something that you're conscious about just to be real with the, the boys and go, hey, mate, this is special? Oh, look, for me, mate, like I said at the start, it's just be who you are. Yeah. You know, and... Um, emotions get to you emotions get to you mate i'm a crier in movies you know, like, <laughs> yeah, me too i cried You're in such good company I, I cried in click mate you know what i mean and that's a, that's a comedy so uh you know i'm not I, i'm but like i said um like you go back to the park orchards you know to find out that you made finals you know your first year as a senior coach yeah you still don't even know if you really know what you're doing you know um you're trying to learn you're trying to grow you're trying to pick as many brains as possible you sort of go into what was a week where we needed a lot of things to go our way um <laughs> And when they did, it just sort of, yeah, overcome me. And mm. I sort of just, yeah, bent over, tears come down, and the assistant coach comes up to me and goes, you all right, mate? And I said, <laughs> I just can't help it. I can't help it, like yeah. walking up this. And to know it's a bigger, it's bigger than you, you know, and that's what I love about the community football. Um, that's why I've gone back to it. You know, the body and the footy ain't what it used to be, but um, the ability to uh, belong to something that's bigger than you and have influence over such young men, Mm-hmm. Um, and try to help coach them and guide them in, in their journeys that are just beginning, both footy and life. Um, but not only that, to see the, you know, the older statesmen, you know, the fans, the young kids that high-five you, you know, it's such a, yeah, sense of belonging, but you, you, it's a community within a community. And I think that's the thing that I really love about footy. You know, you're, at the elite level, you don't have that as much mm-hmm. because it is so competitive. It is a business. It is... Um, yeah, it's 
like I said, it's work. It's a business. You know, they're trying to make money and they're trying to use their tools to make money and put on a good show. And when you're at local level, um, yeah, it's a little bit more raw. And I think that got to me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, mate, I I am who I am. You are who you are, and it's just there's no right or wrong. Mm. I think we got to come to agreement of that. It's just, um, yeah, if I if I cry, mate, it just it's because I care or or I'm sad. One of the two, and I can't help that. You know, yeah. that's what it is. And if someone's going to judge me, well, they're probably not in my environment or my ecosystem anyway. Yeah. Whereas if they you know, put an arm around me or, or lift me up or whichever way it is, well, then they're probably invited in. Yeah, that's good. And uh, working down there with those those young kids, you touched on it briefly a moment ago, um, there, there's obviously so much you're doing with your, with your business fight club yep. and um, what we've already touched on a little bit in this in this interview, but just going into a role as a senior coach and, and just trying to take some values down there, what, is, what are some of the key points that you're that you're sharing with the young fellas and the, and the blokes that are looking up to you down there? Yeah, look, mate, I, I still think I, I don't know what I'm doing from day to day, but... Um, <laughs> I think, mate, the, the thing for me is um, it's all the little things. And I think um, for me, it's, you know, if you get in footy, if you get told to push to the cone or it's a 100-metre run, run the 100 metres, you know. And these are little details, you know. Um, respect, belief, reliability, trust, um, you know, courage, you know. Courage isn't just necessarily like I'm tough and I've got a big bicep. You know, courage to me is speak when it's an awkward conversation, you know. Have a conversation if you don't agree with something or pump someone up if you do agree with something you know celebrate celebration i think as men we lose that ability to celebrate things you know and it's got to be some big massive mountainous thing to to celebrate whereas it can be just a little thing you know uh, um but mate, for me it's just about building relationships um i'm a big relationship pe- person I'm, i love people i love talking to people i love getting to know people i love meeting new people i love learning from me- new people you know um the world's got you know so many books but i think everyone's a book in themselves and if you can read those people and get to know them you can learn so much and i think that's where i'm trying to encourage these guys that you know some of these blokes at my local football can do things that i've never been able to do and i want to learn from them as they should want to learn from each other and i think you know understanding that you know park orchards is a football club we've got we've got 22 guys that are responsible for that job done but there's so much more behind that. Yeah, it's obviously a big part of what you do day to day, looking after the footy club, and mm. I can see the the business fight club shirts. A nice design, by the way. Great movie yeah. as well for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah. Um, uh, what are you What are you doing with yourself? Because I uh, reading through your your, your ebook, it was just interesting, and I touched on it earlier, just to hear about that transition from elite yeah. level footy, and um, and I, I found listening to your wife's perspective really interesting. Just going that last couple of months where it's like, fire, it looks like I'm going to be out of contract. And uh, it was interesting just to hear, hear her saying, like, I, I can't be the sole income. Yeah. Earner. That's obviously yeah, a stressful no, I wish you could, mate. I'd sit on the couch all day. But, nah, look, um, yeah, my wife was super. You know, I probably looked to retire probably 12 months previous to yeah. when I actually did. Um, yeah, my wife sat me down and said, no, nah, you got to go around again. Um, <laughs> because of that, you know, like, yeah. I wasn't ready. I wasn't set up to, to take the next step. I had no idea where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And um, I wasn't hadn't created an ecosystem away from footy as much as I had want to and she sort of said Dennis you'll you know go again you know and you, I still had some to give and unfortunately the last year didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out um, but it sort of provided me that 12 months to still live the dream yeah um, but better prepare myself for both probably more mentally than anything else for 
my transition out and you know reading that I didn't actually know that part was getting put in the book um, they went behind me back and, and got my wife to write that and um, yeah like, again it, it, you sort of go far out that's what she was thinking that's what she was seeing and there's so many partners you know we've all got a better half you know or, so, or a better someone behind us yeah. um, or beside us and um, just to sort of see and read that and you know now you know transition out I transition to a, a business called Elephant and Co which is you know um, business coaches um, where I do leadership and cultural talks in, in, in businesses and then it sort of became my boss was doing that for you know the owner of Elephant and Co was doing that for 12 13 years and it sort of was like we're going in there to fix the business but we're not fixing the people that are in this business and um, it sort of became a bit of a passion of his and that's where business fight club came out and you know the the name like you said earlier was rule number one of fight club is yeah. don't talk about it but we were like well no nah, rule number one of business fight club is talk about it yeah. you know um and you know your people in business are your most important asset you know and and we were sort of thinking well if, let's start helping you know these businessmen fight for what matters most in their life and it's a, like, you know, like you said, a passion of mine to help people. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough to set up Business Fire Club, which is, you know, a 15-week online program where men stop, reflect and adjust, you know, and, you know, answer the questions that most men are too scared to answer um, or too scared to ask themselves and be proactive with their health, um, be proactive with their all areas of their life you know we we focus on five p's which is your personal health both mental and physically your partner if you, you know or if you don't have a partner what type of partner do you want to be mm -hmm. you know your parent or what type of parent do you want to be your profession and then play finding time for yourself and you know most of these five areas will influence a man at some stage in their life and it's about well be proactive not reactive and i think as men it's i'm right i'm right i'm right oh, far out i've got to go to the hospital now because i've got cancer or something yeah. and then we act and it's like well it ain't working you know six men in Australia take their life every day and Jeez. I sit there and I go that's you know that's a lot of men yeah. um, and I just sit there and go we're still stuck in the old way in the new way and we've got this battle now going on between minds and it's like well it ain't working so we've got to try to do something and I think that's where you know like I said it's it's good to talk but it's also now time to act as men and, and take some proactive actions yeah so the 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 topic is it's it's such a hot topic this idea of men's health at the moment as you said yeah. six of us are taking our lives uh each day for for reasons that uh, i think in a lot of cases can be massively reduced i mean there's so mm. much hope out there and i've yeah. spoken to so many people who have who have been through situations where they're like oh my gosh i can't believe i was that low yeah if only i had had something just either guide me direct me let me know it was uh, i was in it with a whole heap of other people it would have been so helpful but I'll just be interested from your perspective and, and the boys that you work with or the crew that you're working with what do you reckon it is that makes it such a difficult thing for guys to be real about whether it's physical health mental health just to acknowledge where they're at like what is it that's driven this passion for you guys to um, really focus on that oh look the thing for me I think it's it's many things you know there's stubbornness you know males are pretty stubborn blokes you know we uh, we like to think we know it all um, we think we have all the answers um, but for me mate the real driver behind it is if you're healthy and both mentally physically whichever area you usually go home healthy which means relationships prosper and live a healthier which you know can help domestic violence issues can help violence issues can help all sorts of issues you usually then get engaged with the 
environment and the community a lot more because you don't want to be hidden away. You want to be out and about, which makes our economy, I guess, more prosperous. And mm. the cycle continues. And I think if we can have more people that are well-rounded, um, and it's not about, I think the thing that um, social media, these things bring upon is it's we play this comparison game. We're always constantly, oh, he's got a new jacket. Oh, I need that jacket. Or, um, you know, it's like you're happy earning $100,000 and then you you meet someone that's earning 150 and you're like, oh, I want to get to 150. And you, you do things and you put yourself under pressure. You work harder. You know, you miss out on relationships or whatever it is and stress has become a build just to get to there and then when you get to there you play another comparison game and I think it's as men it's it's about time to just be the best version of you mm-hmm. what makes you happy what makes you successful in your eyes not in someone else's um, you know and, and I think that's where my passion sits it's like your journey and what makes you happy and what drives you day to day and your purpose in life is different to mine and that's beautiful you know that's great and but encouraging men to chase their journey and Mm. chase their dream not someone else's or not the so-called you know you've got to be this because this is successful um you know the gone are the days i think of money fame and fortune and all that that's not success i think success is being happiness healthy you know in a loving environment And, and that's where i think is my passion behind business fire club it's like well men let's be proactive Let's find ways to invest in ourselves so then we can ultimately invest in others. It's funny that subject you mentioned around the idea of success. And I don't know, have you seen Dave Chappelle's new stand-up show? No, I haven't. Um, no. Pretty, you should check it out. Just int- controversial. Yeah. Just because oh, he's, 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 he? yeah. <laughs> he's saying all the things. He's saying all the things you're not supposed to say, especially yeah. uh, especially here in Melbourne. Yeah. But but what's really interesting about it? Um, he touches on what I think you were pointing out there. He opens his show by saying, like Anthony Bourdain. Let's not forget this bloke killed himself. Mm. He goes. He he goes. This bloke. He travelled around. Rich. Yeah, famous, eating lunch and dinner with the best people this world could provide him with, and it, it wasn't enough for him. Yep. And then he goes into this story about his mate who dropped out of law school because se- separated with his wife who took half his money. Um, now he's working at Foot Locker. He goes, never occurred to the boy to take his life. He goes, it's yeah. not, success is never, it's not found in money, it's not found in status, it's not found in the things you just spoke about. Yeah. Um, but what's so deceptive about the whole thing is for whatever reason, just mass advertising, social media, there's so many platforms or so many different ways that we're sold this illusion that, yep. hey, once you attain this, then you'll finally feel yeah. a sense of satisfaction. Yep. Um, as a bloke who's played at elite sport and as a bloke who I think a lot of people look up to and go, Fire, he's got it all together, he's got this whole thing. It's nice to be able to hear um, you just speak openly about, hey, it's it's I've tasted success and it's it's not what you think it is or yeah. where you think it is. Yeah. Oh, look, mate, it's 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 scary. Someone asked me the other day, um, are you happier now than you were, you know, in AFL? And I was like, it's hard to compare because mm. I was living a different life and what success for me then was different, you know, and what I was, what my purpose in life for that moment of time was different. Um, I always had that same end goal of where I wanted to go with, you know, my wife and family and health and all of those things. But... You know, but I sit there now and I go, yeah, I probably am happier. Yeah. I, I am, I think I'm the true better version of myself and that's what makes me happy. You know, I still get days where I'm like, wow, I have no idea what I'm doing today yeah. and I'm a little lost and where do I go? And I have days where I'm smack bang on target and I'm going well. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things. I think if you have a clear sort of goal set, 
You know, you've got a purpose, you've got those on board, you know, it's always good to do a journey together with someone and, or, or some people. And I think if you can encourage that and, and, and live that life, and that's what Business Fight Club is, it's all about creating a community of men that are on a journey together. Mm. You know, we shouldn't have to fight alone. We shouldn't have to, because like you said, I'm telling you, there's someone out there going through the same issues or has gone through the same issues as as what you're ever they're going through. And mm-hmm. it's about, well, let's help each other. Let's give each other advice. Let's learn from one another and let's live a better version, a better life that we can, you know? Yeah. Not the best. It's not about being the best. It's about being your best. And that's yeah. that's the important thing. Yeah. What I've, what I've started to learn, how old are you, 30, 31? 32, yeah. 32, yeah, me too. Keep it on. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't like to admit it. Um, it's, uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting point in our lives as well because it's, it's funny, you're no longer a kid. Um, and I think yeah. as you start to transition into these these 30s, the conversation of where are you going, what are you doing, it starts to come up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice to hear that you still have those days where you're like, oh my gosh, I've got no idea what I'm oh. doing. But what I also enjoy is whenever I speak to someone who's wise, I've learned to ask, like, how, where did you find this wisdom? What was it that you've been through? What was it that you've actually endured to get the answers yeah. that you have? And it sounds like for, you know, there's a there's a lot of solid truths in in what it is that you're sharing now, but I can imagine it's come through that trial. And, and, and especially um, in your book, what stood out to me was that transition from AFL footy into day-to-day life. Was that a, was that a super tumultuous kind of, or emotionally more than anything, um, I was just keen to hear about how did you deal with that? Just, holy crap, like what what the heck is this? Like, what am I going to do? Where, where? Yeah, oh, definitely. And like you said, I definitely think the journey that I've taken since I was a young kid to where I am now is has fostered who I am. Mm. Um, you know, I've had a not the best, easiest running upbringing, but I'm forever grateful for it because I sit there and go, it taught me skills, it taught me resilience, it taught me, you know, friendship, relationships. <laughs> you have to turn to people to help, you know, and all of that, you know. I, I've got a great father that if he had $20 in his wallet and I wanted it, you know, he'd give it to me yeah. because he was of that mindset, you know. I had a grandmother that passed away and she was very religious and, and, and all about you know helping people and you know the way she supported me um, you know I've got a mother and you know my mother and father split so you know I had issues with women when I was older you know um, not of violence or anything but just of trust you know mm-hmm. and and I don't blame my mum for that you know I love my mother dearly but you know there's all these things that you grow along and you you know I think in life we many of us are scared of failure but I think that's where the true learnings come and you know you would have heard it you would have heard sayings you would have seen quotes but it, it's true you know when you have a bit of a failure or an up and down that's where the best learning happens and I think that's where I encourage people to go out and fail at something mm. learn don't be afraid to you know stretch yourself a little bit and then you know you, you might not get there the first time the second time but you'll eventually get there and um, you know and, and then when you go to touching on the transition side of things yeah it was mentally and emotionally draining I, I sat there and I was like in footy money I was probably on the lower spectrum but in life money I was on a a good little wage mm. and you sort of sit there and you go right A how am I going to do that um, I've got a half finished podiatry degree okay I've got a mortgage I've got bills okay how do I do that plus a uni degree I no longer now can do my uni degree part time because I don't have that sports tag next to my name where they unis are a little bit more lenient for you so I was like okay um, can't do podiatry so there goes that 
purpose and what was driving me through footy. What's next? Okay, where, what, how? And that's where, you know, like you said, my wife, you know, she owns a great dance school and, and she's very, very happy doing what she does. And I was like, maybe I'll be a receptionist, you know? Yeah. And, and these are things that are going through my mind to how we can, you know, I'm not one that, I like to provide for my wife. I like to be, you know, there for my wife and, you know, provide things and do things. But I'm not by no means like a chauvinistic male that I've got to be, you know, you stay at home and I work. Not yeah. at all. I, I wish it was the other way around. <laughs> um, but you do like to give, you know, you do like to add your value and, and make sure that you're giving to the relationship and both financially and emotionally. And, you know, there was pa- passages there and where I was like, oh, I was lost. But I was fortunate enough to meet my boss in, in Jeremy, who's also the president of the Parkridge's Footy Club. And, you know, he took me under his wing and, you know, gave me some guidance and gave me some a direction and gave me a new passion and a purpose. And, um, you know, I, it's aligned with my values. It's aligned with who I am. It's aligned with what I love to do. And, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it's some days I wake up and I don't have the, all the answers, but other days I do. And it's just about chasing that dream. Yeah. One of the things that I often get asked when you speak to a, an athlete on the podcast is in, in terms of exercise, in terms of daily habits, in terms of... Um, meditation in terms of are there any little any, any little things that are a part of your day-to-day life that you feel like really sort of um, foster this journey that you're on or help you out especially on those days that you mentioned there's a, um, a bit of uncertainty of which way do I go and what do we do here I, yeah. I know the feeling of being on fire and knowing exactly where you'd like to go but those days where you wake up and you're like oh I'm not 100% oh, yeah. sure what we're doing here worry, have I've you been... got anything uh, have you got anything that you, oh. that you do on, in those moments Look, I'm still keen on my, like you know, my personal health. I, yeah. I like to. I'm nowhere near as fit or anything like that. I'm not worried about the skin folds. I still and, wouldn't arm wrestle you, but oh, no, <laughs> I hope these cameras are picking up these uh, guns because they still look alright. Nah, mate, they're uh, <laughs> they're uh, falling away. But um, but I don't do it for that. I do it for yeah. just the ability to, you know, I feel like when I get up in the morning and I go to the gym, I feel like my day's a lot more productive. Yeah. If I get up and I sleep in, and or if I sleep in and not get up. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit more lethargic. So, you know, the personal health, you know, that's why I still play local footy. The body's not what it used to be. It takes a lot longer to get up, but it, it gets me out there. It gives me that competitive nature. It gives me that drive. You know, it, it's what I've known for so long in my life, um, being a competitive person. Um, so it gives you that little outlet, you know. Mm. You get to go and bash bodies for two hours, you know, and you, then you go, oh, sweet, cool. I, I, I usually pull up the sore of the two, but, um, you know, I do that. I, I'm big on... Um, you know mindfulness a little bit we've got a you know a reflection exercises through the business fight club and you know my favorite one that i use a lot is the called the 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 golf shot theory and um you know you go and play golf and you can hit a score of 100 yet when you're in the club rooms afterwards you remember your good drive you remember your good chip or you remember the great putt and you you always go oh you know tyson got drive of the day and dennis got part of the day and you sit there and you focus on no matter how bad the day was, mm. you know, you usually hit 90, but you hit 110, you still focus on the good. And I think that's where I've really changed my mindset through my transition was um, during my career, I was always a pessimistic mindset. I was always, oh, I'm not getting picked. And then when you do, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you didn't, you're like, oh, I knew that. Um, whereas now I've probably changed to looking at the positives, looking at the good, thinking positively and changing my mindset. Um, so by doing this golf shot theory, it just asks you to, you know, five minutes of the day, what are you looking forward to? What are you grateful for? And then at the end of the day, you know, what are your three golf shots? What are the three shots that you did well? And they don't have to be massive, you know? And, 
You know, I read another book in by Brian Tracy called Maximum Achievement, which is all about how your subconscious can actually control your conscious, and by subconsciously telling yourself stuff, it can actually happen. You know, in in some shape or form. And I'm a big believer now to start looking at the positive, and and, and you know, negative things are going to come, and you're going to have hits and misses and all that. But I think in life, this you know, I've got a roof over my head, I've got a beautiful wife, I'm able to sit here right now and do a podcast, you know, in a, in a warm area, I've yeah. got clothes on my back, um, you know, there's so many great things in my life, so I sit there and I start to focus on those, I don't need the Gucci pants or whatever it is, yeah. you know, no, no, no banging on against Gucci, but, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't need these hierarchy things and it's just as long as I've got so many positives I think that's where my mindset's changed um, mm. and when I am having a tough day that's okay too but it's one of those habits as well isn't it I think when it comes to the subject of just reframing the way you see a situation so many people when, when we speak about physical health we understand a training program is going to help you physically you want to get yeah. bigger eat the right foods hit the gym yep. lift heavy weights and you'll start to put on a bit of size yep. I think the subject of mental health in, in so many people's lives though it's a big subject we're not 100% sure of the training programs that we can take and implement in order to make those changes. And one of the subjects that I've loved, it's a big word, it makes me sound smart for a sec, is, is neuroplasticity. Yep. Just the idea that the brain's got the capacity to rewire itself, to reshape itself. Yep. The, the, the ancient idea now that um, you know, you're just stuck with the brain that you've got is it's just it's blatantly untrue. The, body, yep. the brain's got this plasticity to, to re, realign itself with a, a more positive thought through continual practice. And, yeah. um, but it's easier said than done sometimes. I like oh, the golf it? shot theory because yeah. it, it actually, you know, it's a good comparison to a sport. Ah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's something that takes a lot of practice though. And I, I notice um, just in my own process of, of just changing the way I think, uh, often like any habit, it is a, it's, a, it's a struggle. Most of the time when I wake up, I can't be bothered going for a run. I do it because I want to stay healthy. I do it because yeah. I want to feel good. I've started to try and take that approach into the way that I use my mind now. I go, okay, I can't be bothered really doing this. I'm going to spend 5, 10, 15 minutes just yeah. looking at the gold shots, looking at the good shots from the day. Yeah. Um, and over time, just you, you start to catch yourself doing it a little more easy. I was speaking to a Spanish uh, girl at, at my work the other day, and she was saying it freaked her out the first time she realized she was thinking in English. She goes, she just couldn't believe it. She's like, oh, my God, I'm thinking in English. It's, it's, and I've noticed that same kind of thing. At the start, it's like learning a new language. Yeah, you definitely. start to speak it out. Definitely. Then all of a sudden, you go, hang on a second. Like, I've taken this difficult situation so much better than I would have six months oh. ago. Um, is that something that you've found? It takes a little bit of practice and repetition to make oh, that stick? Definitely, definitely, you know, and you touched on physical health and that, but, you know, physical health is also just going to the doctor and getting a checkup. Mm. You know, that's physical health and making sure that your bloods are in order and all of these things and, you know, doing the things that you have to do as you get older, <laughs> you know, when you're young and you're invincible, <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to do these things, but, you know, that's something that we try to educate men on. It's like, you don't have to be a muscle buff to to be healthy. You can be a normal person and healthy and eat and do all these things, but keep track of that, you know. And, you know, we were massively conscious, you know, of, yeah, repetition. It takes a while to create a habit, you know. It does. It's not just going to happen, you know. You don't just wake up and go around 5Ks, you know, if you haven't gone anywhere. You've got to build to that. And, um you know, we try to educate. That's why we created Business Fight Club as a 15-week journey because it does take time. Mm. You've got to be able to invest in yourself regularly. You've got to be able to find time for yourself regularly. And it doesn't have to be, right, I'm going to spend two hours reading a book. It could be I'm reading 15 minutes a day of mm. my book. And, you know, and that becomes a habit, you know. It's all these little things, you know, but it's 
I, I guess it's about what are you busy about? And I sit there and I, I go, you know, nine times out of ten you go, how are you going, mate? What's going on? And you're like, oh, yeah, busy. And it's like we've just become so conscious to accept that. But I'd beg to differ. If someone said to me, mate, I'm bored and I'm happy, I don't reckon I'd ever meet someone that would yeah. say that. You want to be busy. You want to be doing stuff. So the crucial thing is then, well, what are you busy about? Mm. And that's the thing that you've got to try to get right. It's what are you busy about? Are you sitting at a desk from nine to five when you can leave at four and be productive with your kids or your wife or whatever it is and that hour that you're at the desk isn't really doing anything anyway or is it you know you're wasting time in front of a social media you know we've got a time management tool where you just clock every like every it's half an hour blocks but I was pretty anal and did it in 10 minute blocks and I blocked every 10 minutes of my life for a week um and for that week, I spent four and a half hours one-on-one with my wife. So yeah. that doesn't include just sitting on the couch watching telly. Mm-hmm. Four and a half hours with my wife, I spent four hours and 50 minutes scrolling through social media. Mm-hmm. And I just sit there and go, so when someone says, oh yeah, Dennis is busy, like, am I busy about the right things? Yeah. You know, um, Sometimes you need the social media outlet. Sometimes you need your television. Sometimes you need your couch. Sometimes you need just sitting in a room, you know? But that's what we gotta try to get right. It's what are you busy about? Because mm. I'm, I'd be astounded if I went up to someone and said, "How you going, mate?" And he goes, "Yeah, bored. I'm so happy." <laughs> yeah. like, it wouldn't happen. It's you know? true. It's like, the biggest lie happen. about this retired lifestyle: laying on a beach in the Bahamas, just sitting there doing nothing with your cocktail. You talk to men and that, and that's their biggest fear, you know, yeah. retirement and and women, you mm-hmm. know, like sorry about that, but you know, so many people go, well, "What if you don't have that next?" transition you know we, so many people go through transitions from changing jobs to stay-at-home mothers that then suddenly want to get back in the workforce and they've been out of the workforce for four years you know raising a kid and all of a sudden it's like can I can't I yet probably being a mum you get more skills more you probably get more degrees being a mother the things you got to do and that yeah. you know like yet they're not you can't write them on a piece of paper so it's, that's a transition, you know, changing jobs, retirement, um, so many, leaving sport, whatever it is. It's, and I think we just got to be able to, yeah, be busy doing what is right for us. Yeah, I'm just going to rewind a, a couple of seconds because yep. I, I want to get back to that repetition um, subject for a moment. And yep. before we press record, you were speaking about how there's mindfulness. is a, It's a, a bit of a sexy subject at the moment or mindset and, and health and well-being, which is great. But at the same time, part of that whole package is the sense that, okay, we're going to come into a, a business or a sporting club or a school or wherever it is that we're going. Yep. We're going to offer a 60-minute presentation, get our paycheck and say, hey, see you next year, hopefully. Mm. And as, as inspiring or as exciting or as funny or whatever you want to call it, as that talk might be for that amount of time, uh, once the kid leaves the school or once the, uh, you know, the bloke leaves his business, it's, it's just another thing that happened during his day. So I like this idea and, and would love you to expand a bit more on this, yeah. this, this 15-week program because... Um, because it is something once a uh, you know once a boss or once the employees can see the value of going back and going back and going mm. back, fifteen weeks is a perfect amount of time to start changing health and fitness and things like mm. that as well. Um, so it only makes sense to if you're looking at an all-encompassing sort of uh, I guess health and wellness and just mastery program. Yeah. That you take that time to to build it. Is that is that your brains behind that, or who came up with the idea to to make this a, a bit more of an extensive thing? I feel like that's a, a it's a bit different to what quite a lot of people in this position are doing. Yeah, I think, oh, for me, mate, I, I've sat in many workshops and I don't mean to be any disrespect to these no. workshops because I think they're doing a great job and starting a great conversation. And, um, you know, I've sat in many where you get 
people come in and speak about a topic, you know, gambling, alcohol, um, drugs, all of these yeah. things, you know, your mental health, suicide, um, all of these things, and yet you sit in a room and you, they ask you questions and they quiz you on things and they have different ways of showing stats and figures and you sit there and go, yeah, wow, and you're pretty much a, um, a recipient, you're not a participant, mm-hmm. and you, reci- you, you, know, you receive all this information and they ask you really thought-provoking questions and they start a great conversation, but you, like you said, after one hour, two hour, whatever it is, they, they walk out the door and yeah. say thanks and you, you sort of go up, shake the hand and say, hey, I really appreciate that talk or I got a lot out of it. Or, But then there's some that aren't as outspoken in front of a crowd of 20, 30, 1,000 people that might be sitting there going, okay, that started my journey, mm-hmm. but now that person's gone, where to now? And... That was like where I sort of thought, like, I'd love to go on, I love going on journeys with people. I love, you know, helping someone and seeing where they get to or vice versa, them helping me and them being on the journey with me to see where I got to. So that's where it sort of, sort of come from this whole, you know, you read all the studies and 90 days to create a habit and what's 90 days, it's about, you know, 12 sort of weeks. Yeah, let's push it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But then you, you find, well, it does take that conscious, I've got to work on this. And then for the first four or five weeks, you know, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to find time. And we you know, but then it sort of becomes more normal, becomes more normal, becomes more normal. And then you go through it. And it was just more about the, for me, it was about, you know, getting men to go on a journey. Yeah. Um, and ultimately getting them to create habits for themselves in in their five p's that i spoke about earlier it's about create healthy habits you know and create habits that you want to fight for create habits that make you the best version of yourself because if you're the best version of yourself you're giving to people your best versions so that's going to make them better people and you know ultimately mate we're a happier world after that yeah it's a good point yeah good point is a what was I going to say? I was going to edit this part out so we don't look like I'm a dickhead. That's right, mate. <laughs> um, I, I had a bloody question lined up for you. Something to do with program, nine weeks, oh, no. workshops. What was it? I'm going to leave this in just so I have to suffer the cost. This is going to be one of my bad strokes. This is going to be one, um, of, my, this is going to be one of my putting efforts. You know what? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to force myself to sit through. Um, no, it doesn't matter. That's okay. Yeah. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left before That's I wanted right. to wrap it up yeah. with you. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to speak to you about is just the, the mindset aspect. We've touched on it quite a lot today, um, that reprogramming, reshaping. Um, it's obviously big in the business world, but it's also it's what it was. It's also big in the, um, the sporting world. It's obviously, is it something that's limited to, to businesses or are you working with, with guys in all different avenues? No, definitely. I think we started with Business Fight Club to uh, break the connotation of Fight Club. Um, yeah. You know, ideally it is Fight Club. Um, ideally it is all men mm-hmm. um, it's an online program any man can go to it you know give myself a little bit of a plug businessfightclub.co yeah. um, you know all men can get online sign on up it's $99 for a 12 month subscription um, I want to keep building I want to do things like this mm-hmm. you know chats learn you know 10 minute audio bites where you you might sit down with Tyson and say tell us a little bit about what helps you what position are you in where you go and how you get there you know and 
I think well, I want to create a community of men that educate and help men, you know, and, and that's where we're building to. Um, but yeah, for me, it's 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 aimed at everyone, every man at the moment. And, you know, I, I sit there and I understand that what about women and all of that. And, you know, but I think women do life face to face. They'll sit here like this at a cafe at a, anywhere and, and actually talk life. Whereas men tend to do life side by side and we'll drag a mate through or we'll just, you know, we'll sit there and be like, come on, mate, tap his back and keep him going. But we never really confront the issues or have that hard conversation with someone or sit down and go, mate, what you're doing is wrong. Or, you know, we cover and we mask things a lot with humour. And that's how we avoid the... Mm. That's how we have the awkward conversation. We, yeah, yeah make it humorous in a way. And, and so you sit there and go, there's not a lot for men that are just going whack. Like, here you go. Like have those conversations with yourself like what are your defining moments what's made you the person you are today from anywhere both good bad and negative who are your mentors who are people in your life right now that have shaped who you are today you know what like what investment are you doing what's what's it mean to be a dad to you you know what do you want to be like and asking these questions to get them to think like what are your convictions you know what are you really truly honestly believing and and passionate about you know and I think any man can be asked those questions and I encourage, you know, it's it's time to change. It's time to talk, but more importantly, like I think it's time to act, mm. you know, and, and we've got to be proactive in our health. Yeah, man, I reckon you'd be unreal at starting a podcast. One of my good mates up in, in Sydney who I, I do quite a few episodes yeah. with, um, <clears throat> we, we often say that one of the things we like about this, once you hit record, it's like, it, it almost gives you an excuse in a way to speak about the real issues, the big issues. Yeah. Um, I naturally, like I sit across the table from so many people and go, I can't believe I'm sharing this right now. Yeah. Um, but it's an excuse. It's, a, it's an eye to eye. It's a face to face. And it does. It helps you get around that human. It helps you go, okay, if we're going to speak about this, let's speak about it for real. Like, what are we struggling with? What are yeah. we going through? What can help? Yep. Um, and what are the people who look like on the other side of it? Uh, I feel like it's always the people who have been through these journeys and been through the most pain that seem to have the most to offer. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a big encouragement not only to us but to, to anyone who's listening to the the work that you guys do yeah look mate everyone's got a story mm. and I, I sit there and go you know like my journey is no tougher no easier than anyone else's because we experience things different we all are but i think it's important to understand that it's your journey and start taking control of it you know you're you're in control of your life and i think as men women kids you know we've got to start taking control of it you know you only look at it now too with kids these days and where's that going to go? You know, like all of a sudden now you come eighth, you get a ribbon. Now, is that good, bad or indifferent? I don't know. I'm not one to judge yet and I don't know where it's going to go. But, you know, the real world ain't like that. Mm. You know, if you come eighth, you ain't getting the job, you know, and, and, and things like that. And it's like, where are we going? How are we doing it? And it's like, well, my encouragement to everyone is it's your life. You define your success. You define your happiness. You control where you put your time. You control how you respond to things. You know, I, I read a quote today, it's um, 10% of life is what we experience, 90% of life is how we react to it. Um, and it was sort of, it was sort of made you think, yeah, like I could look at so many, I could look at today and think what a miserable, doomy day, I'm upset, I don't want to be around. Or I could look at it and go, 
you know what, Rain, I'm going to go jump in that puddle like a little kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, you, people look at me and go, what the hell is that grown man doing jumping around in puddles? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm in my own little happy place, you yeah. know, and, and that's where, you know, you've got a choice. You've got a choice on how to view things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not saying when it's a hardship, put on a smile and go, yeah, thanks, like yeah. I'm happy my father's yeah. passed away or anything like that, yeah. you know. That, um, of course not, but it's about, you know, how would that person want you to live? Where do they want you to do? How would they want you to be remembered, etc., etc., etc.? And just living a life that you control. It's your journey. It's your destination. It's where you want to get to. No one else should control that. Yeah, it's such a good point. And it's actually such an important point, especially being a Carlton supporter. It would have been the most depressing year. <laughs> are you still a Carlton supporter? I am still a Carlton supporter. Yeah, or yeah, are you a Carlton um, supporter? I yeah, say. yeah. Look, I was a North man growing up, but... Um, yeah, when you've been there for ten years, it's, it's you're part of the furniture for all that time. So yeah, no, look, they've look obviously they've turned the corner, which is good, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I've sort of I don't watch a lot of footy. No, you know, it's I love my local now, and yeah, yeah. first thing I find myself doing is looking up local scores and seeing what's going on. And um, like I said, I I just like the the community. I love yeah. being engaged in it. I love seeing people smile and and i think being able to play local footy except for when you're losing and <laughs> yeah. everyone on the sidelines doesn't like the coach but besides <laughs> that mate it's uh, it's pretty good so it's speaking of local footy i can't i can't let you go without having a quick chat about how we feeling next uh yeah tomorrow mate yeah prelim final oh, here um, we go. who would have thought against croydon um Hi. yeah look feeling you know confident without arrogance mm-hmm. you know i feel like our best footy can can match it with anyone um you know, Croydon and Doncaster East have probably been the two teams that have stepped up a little bit above everyone else, mate. But, yeah, feeling confident. I'm, uh, you asked me when I first walked in here how you're feeling about it and all that, and I said, oh, probably more tomorrow. But, yeah, as I, as I think about it, as it gets later in the day, I sort of start to uh, yeah, get a little bit nervous, you know, my night routine, what I'm doing, how am I doing it, what am I going to go for, um, what am I going to eat, you know. Yeah. And But at the end of the day, mate, uh, you know, we've got a... Great opportunity to play, play in a prelim final. Um, you know, first year coach to to get there is is great. You know, and, and it's not just me. I've got a great team behind me, beside me, and um, in front of me. You know, and great bunch of boys that have bought into some of the antics that I've bought in. And <laughs> yes. um, you know, but ultimately, mate, we just go out there and play a game of footy. It doesn't change whether it's a prelim or a round one, mate. It's still a game of footy. The ovals the same. The poles are the same distance apart, and you just got to do the same thing, mate. So. Yeah, we'll see how we go. You've got a bloody good bunch of cheerleaders down there. Actually, I shouldn't call them all cheerleaders because uh, yeah. 90% of them were blokes, I think. Yeah, the dog sure would be. I'm not sure they would like being called cheerleaders. Uh, mate, but uh, I tell you, they'll, right. be, uh, they'll be up that. and about this weekend, eh? Yeah, they will be, mate. Yeah, look, we've, we're pretty fortunate that our 19s and our reserves are already in the grand final, so we should have a big cheer squad there as well. Um, you know, I know my wife's teeing up many people to come down. and um, Yeah, look, it's great. It's great to have support. It's great to have... So many people live a passion, you know, of common purpose and, and, and want the same sort of outcome. Um, and they live and breathe the bumps and bruises just as much as the players. So, you know, I'd love to reward them and that as much as I'd love to reward myself and, and the boys and that. But, yeah, we'll soon find out because we've got an opposition that's saying the exact same thing. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll put my shield on, mate, and we'll go to war again. <laughs> yeah. Last yeah. session last night, was it? Last session, well, for so far, hopefully yes. not. Hopefully we've got one more just week. Just for the week, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just for the week. But no, yeah, last session last night, big, nice little uh, dinner and all that. Team meal on a Thursday is always good, good banner and that. So, yeah, look, we'll uh, see what happens. Hopefully we can get the three sides in because that'd be great. We had our girls get in as well. They came runner-up in the grand final, which 
you know, it was a great successful year for an inaugural team. So, club's in a good place, mate. So that's all we can keep worrying about. Beautiful, man. Well, hopefully, I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to say anything. But I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm going to be standing boundary side uh, in a bit over a week's time, mate. Eh? Watching the, watching the boys get up. Touch wood, mate. Touch wood. Like, <laughs> like I said, it's a, it's a pretty high, you know, Division One's been, you talk about stress, um, why did I pick Division One in the AFL? <laughs> That's the most stressful competition I've ever been part of, you know, one game from, you know, I think we're one game from relegation, and we got into the finals by like 2% or something, so you sit there and talk about stress and how do you cope with it, well, yeah, there's some many sleepless nights, mate. Plenty of practice, mate. I could talk to you for, for much longer than we have, but I'm yep. conscious of your time. I know you've got to walk about 25 minutes back to your car. <laughs> yeah, it's hard <laughs> so, to get parking around here. <laughs> oh, mate, did you park at Lynch Street? <laughs> yeah, I did. I followed oh, you down, Sorry, mate. I was, was going to say Lynch Street, sir, but anyway, they're <laughs> ah, nightmares sometimes. Ah, it's all good. Appreciate Brother, it, Thanks mate. for stopping by, man. No, really, really means a lot, it. and a uh, big fan of what you're doing. No, nah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Really do. Cheers, man. Thanks, mate. Dude, that was good. Yeah. Sorry if bloody got tongue-tied. I was so caught up in your story, and you stopped. I was thinking. Fuck, I hadn't thought of a question. No, no, all good. That was awesome. Now, I love what you said about busyness. I yeah. You, I mean, I could relate to 100 things that we said. Actually, mm. I was going to chime in, but I didn't want to. You should have chimed in, no, bro. No, I know you wouldn't care, but anyway. Um, but that busyness stuff is so true, man. Yeah, it's funny, mate. It's just, um, we just become accepting of it, you yeah. know? Good, well, good or busy? It's funny because yeah. yeah, it's, it's true. so true about the, like, well, how you going? Yeah, busy, mate. Yeah. It's like, I've been saying, I literally was saying this to my wife the other day. We're saying I'm busy for three years. Yeah, yeah. It's just life. Yeah. And and the way you put it was awesome because you're like, where are you going to be busy? Yeah, 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 so yeah. That's awesome. No, nah, it's good, mate. Like like I said, it's just one of those things. I think, yeah, yeah. I just every time I shake someone's hand, hey, mate, mate, yeah, yeah, busy, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't really told me anything. Like you haven't told me nothing. You know, and yeah. I think as men, like you said, like we'll talk sport, we'll talk. You know, politics, we'll talk all of these things, but yeah. we never actually get to the bottom of what busy really is. You yeah. know, like, busy. Well, you haven't been with your wife for the last two weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, what are you busy about? I, or, I was thinking or things about like this, that. not the dining. Yeah, no, you're um, right, mate. But with the wife thing, well, I was struggling last year, especially between business, like, leisure, fun, mm. and then my wife. But I was struggling, like, putting my wife as a category of those things. Yeah. And I was, and I was talking to my mate about it. He's a legend. And he's like, mate, it's not about, like, Work, family, you know, it's nah. like all of this is like, it's all about your family. Yeah. Like the business part is when you're working hard in your business in a healthy way, you're actually working towards your family yep. in that too. And it's not so much categories as it is yeah. like a triangle. And he, that kind of helped me out. Oh, mate, the realistic so. thing is we've got 24 hours a day. Most of us would yeah. sleep, hopefully, you try to get your eight hours sleep. You've right. got to work eight hours, most people. Right. So you've got eight hours for everything else. So you're never going to be able to sit there and go, Oh, beautiful, I'm, you know. Um, I actually had a mentor now. I'm probably going to stuff up his story a little bit, but he talked about life in four test tubes. you got work, partner, kids, and it might be social or something. Like, I can't remember exactly, but he talked about, and he goes, you've only got this much water. So you've got to tip it amongst the test tubes and in the correct amount. And, you know, right now my parent one's empty. You know, I'm yep. not a parent. So yeah. you sit there and you sort of go, there's more in others. But then you sort of go, well, when I do have kids, yeah. where I, I don't get a new water bottle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got to grab the water from that's here, you know. And it's understanding that that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to, you know, it's okay if you don't, if you're on a work trip for two weeks and you don't see your wife. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. You can't sit there and go, oh, my test tube's empty, I'm a failure. But it's about understanding that and this is why we encourage stop and reflection in that. It's about, oh, 
had a hard two weeks. I've been away. That's okay because I know where my goal's going. Right now, I can tip a little bit more water back into these ones, yeah. you know, and things like that. But at the end of the day, like you've only got so much water, yeah, and if you're not it, investing, that is, isn't it? Yeah. you know, and if you're not investing back in yourself, yeah. eventually, you know, you keep drinking your water, you keep using it for, and then if you don't invest back into yourself. Well, someone's going to ask for you, and you're going to give them an empty glass of water, yeah. you know. And and, I, and that's it was funny. Like this same mentor, he just sort of said, um, you know, yeah, you wouldn't go to someone, oh, you want to drink a water, and just give them an empty glass. Yet, you'll give them a stressed, highly mm. strung out person that doesn't want to be there, that's disengaged, and you'll go and say, yeah, no worries, mate. Let's, you know, yeah. and you know. It's just important to understand that, yeah, you've only got so much water. Yeah, and you can go in to talk about boundaries. Yeah, and yeah, and that's where, you know, you just go like, men don't know how to say no. That's true. You know, many of us, yeah. like, what are you doing tonight? You want to come in to the pub? Yeah, okay. What are you doing tomorrow morning? Let's go for break. Yeah, okay, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just haven't had any. Yeah. And then you sit there and go, hey, how you been? Yeah, busy, mate. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I've, I'm so busy trying to please other people that I haven't pleased myself. Yeah. You know, and that's where, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, mate. Like, there's so many different philosophies, so many different ways to represent it. But I just think, yeah, be busy doing what you want to be busy doing. It, you know, and, and that's the, yeah. that's what we try to educate, you know, blokes at the moment. But it's, it's all people, you yeah. know, like, if you want to go and, all stick figures for the rest of your life go and do it mm. yeah. yeah go and do it like yeah. what makes that unsuccessful you know and, and that's where I just think we've got to get as people you know and social media kills that like yeah, totally. as much as I love it and it gets it gives people an avenue it gives people you know if it wasn't for socials and all that podcasts and all of these things wouldn't be around which starts some great conversations you know but yeah I also sit there and go far out like there's so many keyboard warriors and so yeah, many things oh, like that. You the best thing I ever did was delete all... I mean, I still have like Insta and Facebook, yeah. but I don't have it on my phone. Yeah. It's like the best thing. Oh, uh, mate, I'll, I got off Twitter because Twitter was the oh, worst. Because obviously Twitter, you can just create any sort of handle. And you yeah. Twitter, and you can just... Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Yeah. And, mate, things that you got... Mate, the things that got said about... Yeah, you just sit, sit there and go... And then you start to believe it. And you go, yeah, yeah. I am a shit bloke. Hang on, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and you start to go around like that. But it's just, yeah, it's just the way. It's That'd the be world, tough. That, yeah, you know, tough. Oh, but everyone big, does it, mate. Like, stage, yeah. Everyone cops it in their own right. You right. know, whether you're here or, or here in yeah. the so-called spectrum of success. I've only got five likes. Yeah, Please, you know, but yeah, anyone, yeah. you know, anyone. Like, everyone's, can, you know. You might get 30 and you only get three. Yeah. You sit there and go, what a shit photo, you know? Whereas some people go, I'll get 30,000 and I only get 10,000, you know? Exactly. But I'll sit there and go, fire You know, you talk about what is success. A lot of people, if you ask them what is success, would be the number of followers or likes they get. Yeah. And you sort of sit there and go, wow, you know? Yeah. And, and people are learning, losing the ability to have a conversation. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Tyson, how you going, mate? Yeah, good to see you. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. And then you go and see actually Tyson. You go, hey. hey yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I'm so hey, busy. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. See you later. You know, yeah. and it's just yeah. we, we lose that connection. You know, you For go sure. to a cafe. Like, I sometimes, as creepy as this sounds, and so don't judge me. Dude, but, I feel like I'm about to say I do the same but thing. I, I, I go to cafes sometimes, yeah. and I'll grab the newspaper. Yeah. But then sometimes I'll just sit back and look yeah. at people and just go, really? Like, this is where, like, yeah. you sit at a table like this. I could bring six of my mates, sit around, stand around this table like this, and it'd be like, 
It's been happening, mate. Yeah, yeah no, shopping. going well. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, far out. Like, are we really? Are we yeah. really that? Like, you know, we've become a creatures now of like, we want it now. Yeah. I can get it now. Totally. So, yeah. no, nah, it's all good, mate. It's good fun. Yeah, that's unreal. Right. I hope that was recording for that last 10 minutes. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Hey, do you mind if I grab a quick stab with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a bucket three Make sure you're. Uh... I got a couple of photos you probably saw me. I got a couple of photos.